Aloha. What's up, Penn Nation? You're now tuned in to yet another edition of BJPenn.com Radio, The Fighter's Voice. This is episode 104, and we have three awesome guests for this episode. We're going to kick things off with Colby Covington, good friend of the show. Our second guest is another good friend of BJPenn.com Radio, Platinum Mike Perry. And then we're going to close things out with MMA veteran, UFC veteran, who recently transitioned into bare-knuckle boxing, Isaac Valley Flag. So as always, I'm your host, Jay Kinch. This is BJPenn.com Radio. We're going to jump right into it. Kicking things off, Colby Chaos Covington. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show the nerd-bashing, snowflake-melting, title-holding, great American-winning machine, Colby Chaos Covington. Always a pleasure to have you on the show, champ. How is it going, brother? It's going great, brother. Thanks for having America's champ back on the show, and and uh, I can't wait to enlighten the world. <laughs> well, we certainly can't wait either, man. Uh, Veterans Day just passed. We all know that you're a proud American. What did Colby Chaos do to c- c- commemorate the armed forces? Uh, you know, you know, I put up a lot of posters showing my support for them. You know, I'm a big, uh, big supporter of uh, this armed service. You know, all the men and women that put their lives on the line for you know, to protect our freedoms, you know, so I can go out there and, and live this life and make millions of dollars and, and fight on, on pay-per-view in front of the whole world. So, you know, none of that's possible without our you know, our first responders and our servicemen and women. So, you know, I'm forever thankful for them. And, and those are the true heroes and, and the real fucking celebrities of America. They don't get enough credit, but, you know, that's why I'm here. I'm America's champ, and, and I'm going to use my platform to promote them. Yeah, I, I saw on social media that you that you've been uh, you know retweeting talking about uh, the Marine Corps' birthday and all that. But I'm wondering, have you visited the troops since we last spoke? Uh no, I haven't had a chance to visit the troops now that I'm back in training camp. You know, I'm getting ready for uh, you know whenever the next fight may be. But uh, you know, I'm definitely after I you know take down Woodley and defend my title, I'm gonna take that belt right back to all the all the bases, you know, the Army, the Air Force, the Navy, the Marines, just to show my, my respect and my gratitude for them and, and just how thankful I am for, for everything they do to protect my freedom. So, you know, I'm definitely planning some trips after this fight. Cool, cool. So aside from being a great American, what have you been up to, man? Just putting in work at ATT as usual? Yeah, just the usual, man, putting in the work at ATT. You know, every day I wake up, my bank account gets a little bit bigger. You know, it's a new girl comes into my life. You know, I got a, a new girl for every day of the week now that I'm on that champ status. So the people's champ's making his rounds. He's in. He's out here training hard. He's getting his cardio in the bedroom. <laughs> well, some things never change, that's for sure. Uh, any updates on this in- inevitable fight with Woodley? Are you still targeting Super Bowl weekend? Uh, yeah, no, Super Bowl weekend, I guess they threw it out the drain this year that I just looked on the first quarter, the schedule came out. So it looks like there's a, there's a one pay-per-view a month and they're not doing a Super Bowl weekend. I guess they're going to Australia. So that's out of the picture. I'm not going to Australia. So, you know, March 3rd would be a dream come true just because it's Vegas. It's the fight capital of the world. They don't have the high taxes like the the fight in California in January. You know, I don't want to pay out 30% of my taxes, but you know, if I had to, you know, worst case scenario, whatever, I can go ruin uh, Woodley's career in front of all his soy boyfriends in Hollywood. So, you know, but, but, you know, I'm looking at March 3rd in Vegas. That, that, that's, that would be ideal. All right. Very good, man. So, so that seems to be the day. Has the UFC given you any indication that, that they're on board for that timeline as well? 
Uh, you know, I, I haven't heard too much from the UFC what, what they want. You know, I think uh, it has to do with Woodley. You know, he's been faking injuries. He's been ducking me for a long time. So now he's got a new excuse. I guess he's been sucking on his thumb too much and he and he needs some Advil for it. So, you know, it's really – the ball is really in Woodley's court. It's not about the UFC and, and what they want. It's more of uh, what, what Woodley's timeline works out for him faking injuries. Now, last time we spoke, you had mentioned that, that Nick Diaz turned down a fight with you at MSG. Safe to assume that 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 matchup won't be happening before Woodley. Yeah, no chance. You know, I want to defend my belt. You know, the Nick Diaz fight. You know, it was cool. You know, I would have been willing to go save the garden and make the garden great again. You know, the Trump family would have came out to support. It would have been a spectacle. I would have made history there. But you know, now now he's been passed up. You know, I'm not wasting my time on him. He's he's irrelevant. You know, he's a jobber. He hasn't won a fight in years. You know, he's he's definitely you know he's two oh. 209's weakest, you know, a bunch of little soy boys over there in California smoking that marijuana. So, you know, he's a joke. You know, I don't, I don't want to waste my time anymore with guys like him, you know, chumps. So I got bigger and better things to do. You know, I got to unify this title with, with Woodley. And then, you know, after that, then, then we'll start talking big fights. So speaking of that MSG card, man, it was a bummer that Poirier was forced to pull out. Uh, do you think that fight against uh, Nate Diaz, does that get rebooked? To be honest, not. I don't think so. I don't. Uh, you know, the thing is, the reason that Poirier pulled out is because, you know, he had a little injury in his hip, you know, actually a serious injury in his hip. But, you know, what, uh, Nate Diaz started saying, uh, oh, he's not going to fight. Oh, he's not going to show up. He was all mad about the Connor stuff with Khabib that that fight was happening. So he was like pissed off. And he, the UFC was already given uh, Dustin Poirier replacement options. Hey, you want to fight? uh Kevin Lee, you want to fight Ally Quinta? So, you know, I felt bad for Dustin, man. He's going through this crazy injury, and then the UFC is throwing these other jobber fights at him when he should only be fighting the cream of the crop right now. So, you know, I, I just don't think that fight's ever going to come back together. I think, uh, you know, it's it's past. You know, I think Nate Diaz only wants the Connor fight, and he's going to hang it up. He's not looking to make the division great again and, and beat guys in the division. So, you know, Dustin's on to bigger and better things. You know, he, he deserves a title shot, and hopefully he gets to fight Khabib next year. Yeah, I, I would agree. He's, he's certainly, uh, you know, the top prospect for, for a championship fight. Uh, but again, in regards to you, there's nothing else in the works for you, right? You're just waiting on Woodley at this point. Yep, just waiting on Woodley. Nothing else to do. You know, everything I've said, you know, I built this fight from the ground up. You know, he didn't build nothing. If we look back and see who built this fight, you know, I built this fight. You know, But the thing is, is I could build a fight with a mop. So, And let's be honest, that mop has more charisma than Tyrone Woodley. So, you know, so I built this fight up, and, and that's the only fight that needs to happen. You know, we both have UFC titles right now, and those belts are going to get unified. And I'm going to take everything he worked for and, and make uh, make the UFC great again. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, last time we spoke, we, we talked a lot about the the promotional side of things and how you said, you know, this this fight, the story tells itself, and there's really no promotion left to do. Uh, but being a guy that that loves to promote fights, I'm sure that you're you're excited to get back in there, get back in the spotlight, and and start promoting this fight once it finally gets made, the contracts get signed. I got some tricks up my sleeve. Just wait and see, bro. This this is a. Uh... It's going to be a special uh, build-up to this fight, you know. This We all know that the lines already, you know, former teammates, uh, red versus blue, you know, Republican versus Democrat. You know, there's just, there's so many angles that this fight's going to go. And I'm telling you, I, you haven't seen anything from what I've done yet. You know, my promoting, you haven't seen nothing. I'm just getting warmed up. I'm going to show you the best coming up in this fight. I have no doubt, man. I have no doubt. Now, you mentioned uh, Khabib there when we were talking about Dustin. 
You've trashed Khabib on multiple occasions, and, and there's been talk of him fighting GSP at 155. Uh, what's the chances that Colby Chaos drops down and takes that fight out from under GSP's feet? I'm not dropping down. You know, they got to come up. You know, the thing with Khabib, you know, he the thing is he got me in Twitter jail, first off, for, for my freedom of speech, calling that little filthy sheep fucker. But besides that, you know, he's at the little midgets weight class. He's never fought any real fighters. Why is he cutting all that weight to go to that midgets weight class? Because he's scared to come up to a real man's weight class. I don't cut no weight, Jason. I'm the same walk-around weight as Khabib. He's probably bigger than me walk-around. But I fight at my natural weight. I fight at 170 because I'm a real man, and I'm the best fighter in the world at a real man's weight class. So, you know, if Khabib wants to fight, you know, he needs to come up to a real man's weight class. Stop, stop messing around that little midget weight class, lightweight. Really? I, I, I did not know that. He got you suspended from Twitter for, for what you said there about the sheep and all that all that stuff? Yeah, man, it was a tough sled, man. I was out of the game for about two weeks, you know, so, you know, I'm thankful that, you know, it sucks that I had to delete the tweet, you know, there was like 15, 16,000 people that agreed with me, so they liked it, so, you know, it was hard times, Jason. Wow, I did not know that, man, that's a bummer. Um, <laughs> that that is, that, is, uh, that is a shame, man. Like you said, freedom of speech, it's like, <clears throat> who gives a shit about offending people? Should be able to just say whatever you want. If you don't like it, don't look at it. Don't like it. You know, it's what are you gonna do? But uh, what do you think uh, happens to Khabib at this hearing? A slap on the wrist, or do you think they throw the book at him and Connor? I think it's gonna be a slap on the wrist. You know, they're gonna they're just gonna push everything to the side. You know, and just look. It's really just buy him some time until his next fight. But as soon as they want to book him for a fight to make the UFC some money, is you know, then they'll just throw all this and sweep all this under the rug. Yeah, yeah, it all comes down to the almighty dollar, right? Absolutely, man. That's that's what runs the world, baby. Money and uh, women. <laughs> Something you've got plenty of, my friend. <laughs> yes, there are lots of it. Unlimited money and unlimited chicks. <laughs> uh, yeah. By the way, man, uh, the 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 fight pick thing that you did, uh, that video there with the with the lady holding the belt in the back, that that was pretty clever. I like that little drop of the belt. Give everybody a, a show for your pick there. I was digging that, man. Hey, that's Jason. I'm here to make everybody's bank accounts great again, man. That's that's what I'm here for. Everybody needs to thank the people's champ, man. They, you know, I'm making everybody's entertaining, boring lives. I'm making all their boring lives entertaining, and I'm and I'm making them money at the same time. They should be thanking me, not not hating on me. So that's going to be something uh, that you're doing consistently going forward. You're going to be making fight picks for all the cards or, or all the pay-per-views rather. Yeah, m most likely for all the pay-per-views, that'll be some, it'll be uh, America's champ uh, making the America's pick of the week. And you know, that, that's, that'll be uh, something that, you know, I can make people's bank accounts great again, make them a little money and, and show them the life of the rich and, you know, the lavish lifestyle of the rich and famous, you know, with, with a different chick every day, you're going to see new girls and, and different types of girls in every video. Awesome, man. Awesome. Looking forward to the next one. Uh, but another guy you've had plenty to say about lately is, uh, Ben Askren. He's called out the entire division upon being signed by the UFC, called you a poor man's version of himself and, and said that he wants to fight you after Tyron. I know since then you've called him a jobber and so on, but what was your reaction to him calling you a poor man's version of himself? He's a 34-year-old virgin, Jason. Who retires before they even get to the UFC? Losers. That's who, Jason. But let's let's be honest. The guy, I mean, he has, can they even approve a fight for him in the top five, Jason? Can they? 
can the commission do that when he hasn't won a fight against anybody in the top 50? The guy's a complete joke. I mean, it should be criminal that they even let him in there with a top five fighter. I mean, the guy's a joke, man. He, you know, no matter what your wrestling accomplishments, you can't bring that over here over the UFC into fighting. You know, you can't you can't live off your past. So, you know, I, I just got to laugh, man. I, everything he's saying is just so funny, man. He's just setting himself up for the biggest ball. And it's hilarious, you know. Like, these guys that call my name, they're not... They're not going to get my attention unless you've beaten someone, unless you are somebody. You know, not, I'm not going to respond to nobodies, and, and that's what he is. He's a nobody. He fought a bunch of guys in China, washed up a bunch of bunch of guys that you know losing records. And and let's be honest, my teammate Luis Sapo was beating the fuck out of him before he had to poke Luis Sapo in the eyes. So, you know, the guy's not ready for prime time. He's a junior. How do you think he's going to do against Robbie Lawler? Ah, uh, you know, I could see. Uh, Lawler turning it back one more time, you know. Lawler's, you know, he's he's kind of at the end of his career, you know, most most strikes to the head in UFC history. But, you know, I think he might have one more left hand to put that little uh, ass cream on his ass. <laughs> ass cream. <laughs> now, uh, obviously, <clears throat> it sounds like you don't have any respect for the guy, but assume, if he was to beat Rob, he was to get a win over a top five opponent, is, is a fight with Askren something that would interest you down the line? And do you respect his, his wrestling, wrestling credentials at all? Nah, he he's still got to do more, man. He has no wins in the top fifty. Come on, my last three fights were murderers' row. Dung Hum Kim was number six in the world. He'd only lost to the champ Woodley and Carlos Condit, you know. And then I and then I had to go to Damian Maya, coming off his seven fight win streak. Just left him in a pool of blood in his own city. And then and then RDA, no one wanted to fight him. He destroyed Lawler, dropped him, almost knocked him out, beat his ass for five rounds. He was undefeated at, at welterweight, couldn't be stopped. He looked uh, like a new man. And, and I ran through him. I won every round. The guy wasn't even competitive. So, you know, my last three fights showed that, you know, I, I'm the champion. And, you know, you got to earn your way up. You know, I'm at the top of the mountain of the UFC welterweight mountain now. You don't, you're not getting hands up to the top of the mountain. You got to earn your way up, you know. And and once you get up, no worries. I'll kick you right back to the bottom. But until until you show and you earn your way up, I'm not giving no handouts, Jason. The, the guy sucks. He's not on my level. His wrestling is not going to work in the UFC. He's scared to get hit. Let's be honest. He's fucking scared. He knows I'm going to beat Woodley. That's, that's the reason he's coming over. He, he knows I'm going to beat Woodley. He's trying to be the revenge factor. He's trying to hopefully be the guy that can save the day, but it's not going to happen. The guy's scared to get hit. I'll leave the guy lights out in that octagon. Yeah, I mean, it, I agree with you what you're saying. Like, it's it's almost like he's uh, – there is a lot of hype behind that wrestling credentials, that the wrestling credentials that he has, what he's been able to do. But like you said, he's – that's been against opponents that nine out of 10 people can't even name the guys that he's competing against. So, uh, you're, you're, you're right. He, he has to get some fights, get some wins over some respectable opponents before those title shots are even being discussed. Yeah. I wouldn't even say nine out of the 10 guys, nobody, 10 out of the 10 guys he's fought. Nobody knows who they are, you know, fighting over there in Asia, you know, they just brought in guys for him to beat. So, you know, these, he's fought a bunch of amateurs, to be honest. So, I mean, yeah, cool. You got a padded record for beating a bunch of amateurs. But now you're in the big leagues, buddy. So, you know, you got you got to prove yourself. You got a couple fights to prove yourself. You don't just get to jump at the front of the line because you got all this hype on you because your credentials from your past. You can't bring your, your past with you, buddy. You're a 34-year-old virgin, and you're going to get exposed soon. Now, moving on from Askren, one more guy that, that I know you're very fond of uh, that I wanted to touch on briefly is John Jones. His fight with Alexander Gustafsson is official for UFC 232. Uh, did you get a chance to see that uh, pre-fight press conference? And if so, what was your reaction to John pushing Alex uh, during the stare down? Nah, I didn't see that, man. I, I wasn't paying attention. You know, 
I, I thought he was still in handcuffs in jail, to be honest. <laughs> Who are you picking hope in that fight? I hope he hope hope he doesn't get arrested again. Right, right. Well, I mean, I think I think that's going to be one of the big worries, right? Is is will he actually make it to the fight? Will Usada be a factor going into this? But uh, who are you picking between John and Alex? Uh, yeah, he's a piece of shit. He's the biggest fuck up in all of sports history. So the guy can't get out of his own way. So you know, let's see if he can even make it to the octagon. You know, not even just steroids. It could be you know he might hit another pregnant lady and then run from the scene again. So who knows what's going to happen. But, you know, if I'm picking the fight, you know, it, it just really depends. You know, are we going to get the steroid version of John that we've had in the past? Or are we going to get a, a John who's off the steroids who's, you know, a normal human again? So if he's off the steroids, Alex Gustafson is going to put him out cold. But if he's on the steroids, you know, he's probably going to win another split decision again. Right. It's a it's a compelling fight given the, 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 the first showdown between those guys. But I agree with you, man. There's a lot of if factors going into that. Uh, but moving on from all that, moving on from M- MMA in general, just for a bit here. Last time we spoke, you'd mentioned that you were just about ready for the WWE and you wanted to make, uh, uh, wanted to uh, have a tag match with, with Ronda Rousey. Is everything still on track there for you to eventually make that move over? Yeah, I would love to make that move over. You know, Ronda's doing great over there. I'm super proud of Ronda. Uh, you know, my, my, my teammate and friend, Bobby Lashley, he's over there. So he's got the in and he's kind of been, you know, saying some things to Vince McMahon and, and trying to get the, the bit, the, the wheels in motion. But, you know, first things first, you know, I, I want this, I, you know, this is business. I have unfinished business with Woodley. I, I want to take care of this business before I ever leave the WWE. Cause once I leave the WWE, I'm probably not coming back. You know, I'm not going to look to cross over and come back. I'm going to look to go to WWE and stay there for the, for the remainder of my career. But, you know, before that, I have unfinished business with Woodley, so you know I'm gonna take care of Woodley, and then after that we'll, we'll see where it goes. You know we'll start negotiating, and and we'll see if Lambert can uh, can make it happen. Yeah, that that was kind of gonna be my next question. <clears throat> you know, I, I was wondering if the UFC had signed off with you competing in both organizations, or if you do make that move. No, what's it, up, it, bro? It would what's be up? Permanent. What's up? What's up, man? Where my money at, bro? Who's who's that? Game bread. That's game bread, the one and only Playboy. <laughs> what's up, brother? What's up, Playboy? Hey, man. Give you real quick. There's mad motherfuckers out there that owe me money. I'm back on these streets. I'm collecting from everybody, man. Still single, slapping hoes and shit? Bro, I'm single as a dollar, though, bro. <laughs> you, know, you know some cuties shooting my way, bro. <laughs> for sure, for sure, brother. Single like a dollar, though, bro. <laughs> Man. You don't ain't nobody ever seen single me, man. I'll fuck this shit up, man. <laughs> hey, you you ain't seen no wild animals like me. Don't even ask Kobe or John Harner about me, bro. I'm fucking CIA next level shit, man. You need a clearance <laughs> to find that about them stories, bro. <laughs> oh, amazing, amazing. We'll have to get you back on soon, Game Bread. Absolutely, he would love to. Anytime. <laughs> Oh, shit. So, all right, my bad. Like I was saying there, though, um, you know, I would imagine that the UFC probably wouldn't sign off on you competing in both organizations. So the plan is finish your business in the UFC and then that move is going to be permanent for you. Yeah. First off, sorry. You know, I can't control George. That guy's a crazy animal. No, nah, I, I love it. I love it. No worries, brother. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know that, you know, I, I want to, you know, I, I never been one thing 
one person to focus on two things at one time. When I'm focused on one thing, I'm fully focused. My whole life and all my energy and, and everything, my attention, just everything and effort and everything is channeled into one thing because that's how you become the best at something. So, you know, I don't want to go dabble in WWE and then try and come back and fight, you know, in the UFC because then, it, you know, it's taking one from the other. I'm not going to be able to be as good as WWE and then I'm not going to be able to go, be as good in fighting. So, you know, I don't want to take one from the other. I, I want to be all in and, and that's what I am with fighting right now. I'm all in. I'm completely committed with my life. So right now I have unfinished business with Woodley and then, you know, and then we'll be looking at some big fights with, you know, Khabib, maybe Connor, maybe, uh, maybe the Diaz's want to stop faking, you know, what they're doing over there in uh, the 209 and, 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 or GSP, you know, he, he has this claim to the greatest welterweight of all time, but you know, I'd say otherwise. I, look at my resume. I've never lost a fight. You know, I'm undefeated. I'm the, I'm the best fighter to ever fight in the UFC at welterweight. I've never lost a round, so you know, if GSP wants to come prove that he's the greatest welterweight of all time, he's going to have to come through me because I am the greatest welterweight of all time. So, you know, but going back to what we were talking about, you know, it's one thing at a time. I'm only focused on the UFC right now. We'll see what happens. Maybe maybe uh, WWE comes calling and after the Woodley fight, and, and then I'll go there full time. So it's going to be all about the opportunities that remain for you in mixed martial arts after this fight with Woodley. What was that? It's going to be all about the opportunities that remain for you in mixed martial arts after the fight with Woodley. Yeah, it's, it's just it's all it's all going to be dependent on you know the, the biggest opportunities possible. You know, I I got in this to challenge myself and to to look for the biggest opportunities possible. You know, I'm not going to waste my time. You know, with with jobbers and bottom feeders that are calling my name that are just begging for me to save their life and and give them the biggest paycheck of their life for losing a fight to me. So you know, I'm not interested in doing that, Jason. I'm interested in in, in storylines and actual you know, real fights and big opportunities. That's what I'm looking to do, you know, just like I did at the United Center in Chicago. You know, I sold out, you know, the the Bulls Arena, you know, 16,000 fans screaming on their feet, you know, like that's what I bring, the entertainment factor. I draw, I sell, you know, I promote fights. And, and I'm not looking to, you know, for any jobbers or guys that are looking to, to fight on free TV. You know, I'm, I'm a pay-per-view star now, and, and I'm the money fight in the UFC. Now, listen, just to stay on this real quick for, for one last question. Aside from Ronda, man, I think, like you just mentioned, the obvious partner for you in WWE would be Bob, Bobby Lashley. Yeah, absolutely. We have a history. We were in Impact together. So, you know, we have a we have, we have a good feel for each other, and, and we understand each other. And, and he's a great mind, man. Bobby Lashley is so intelligent, man. That guy is one of the smartest guys I've ever met. If he could sit down and talk with that guy, have an interview, man, he's a really interesting person so you know I, I would love to go over there and, and do some tag team matches with Bobby I think uh you know he, he needs something like that right now too you know they're kind of trying to bury him a little bit and, and, and not give him the right opportunities and give him the the big shots and so you know it'd be awesome you know maybe I'd go be his mouth you know be a you know be a, the, the walking promo machine for him and and uh, just just make the WWE great again, you know. American Top Team's finest, Bobby Lashley, Colby Covington, undisputed tag team champions of the world. <laughs> that would be awesome, man. All right, listen, Colby, greatly appreciate the time as always, my friend. Uh, let's wrap this thing up for all the Colby Covington fans out there who are eagerly waiting your return to action. It sounds like we all just got to be patient and wait for March third. Yep, just got to be patient and wait for March third, man. I'm telling you, there's a, there's a storm that's building, so. You know, I, I'm sorry I can't entertain all your guys' lives, and, and, and I'm sorry what you guys have to deal with right now in the UFC. It's pouring. There's no, there's just no, there's no entertainment. It's just, it sucks, man. It's just like, it's hard to even turn on the TV and watch UFC. Like, 
all these fighters, they just want things handed to them. They don't want to go out there and earn it for themselves. They don't want to go promote. They don't want to sell fights. And there's just no storylines, no drama. But don't worry, guys. I'm here to save the day. I'm going to make the UFC great again soon. And, and I'll be back soon. Just just hold on for me. Just bear with me. <laughs> I think everybody would agree that it's worth the wait, my friend. Uh, any appearances or projects in the works that we should all keep an eye out for? No, not really, man. Just just out here in South Florida living the dream, you know, just defending my title. Uh, ATT, fucking love American top team training hard and, and tens and up, bro. We're, we're in the tens and up stage. You know, before it was seven and a half and up, but that was before I was champion. Now I'm, now I'm champion, so it's only tens and ups around here now. <laughs> you and Gamebred tag team and all the chicks tag team champs over there. Oh, absolutely. Me and Gamebred. <laughs> have uh, destroyed a lot of chicks together. We have a great history. Being roommates, I mean, we've we've had a lot of orgies together. <laughs> All right, listen, uh, anything you think we missed, any shout-outs, sponsor plugs, the floor is, the floor is yours, my friend. Uh, you know, big big thank you to American Top Team, Dan Lambert. You know, he gives me the opportunity to come in and train world-class trainers and world-class trainer partners. So, you know, very thankful for American Top Team. But the biggest thank you to the biggest supporter is just the, the armed forces, you know, the all, all the all the men and women that sacrifice it all. They put it all on the line, you know. We're not putting it all on the line. We're not putting our lives on the line when we go in the octagon. They're putting their lives on the line, man. They're risking their lives to, to so so we can be free and so we can have all our freedoms to, to and opportunities to live our life. And obviously the biggest, you know, biggest shout out to Mr. Donald Trump, you know, the the greatest president and greatest living American walking right now. So, you know, very thankful for him and everything he's doing. You know, look at our economy. Our economy's spiked. It's better than it's ever been. More jobs. I mean, he's just done a great job with America with all all the bullshit that he gets, you know, and all the all the fake news that's out there. It's just like I've met the guy. I went in there. I know what type of person he is. He's just a normal guy. He's a regular guy. He's a stand up guy and he's he's a funny guy. He's he gets a lot of bad bad media and bad credit so big thank you to donald trump keep making america great again and soon we will be making the ufc great again all right man certainly looking forward to it i know we'll catch up again soon thanks again for the time today champ keep up the good fight god bless america and uh real quick if you're still a game brad throw him back on the phone real quick it's game brad where's he at he might, I think he left. Okay, no worries, no worries. I was just going to ask him if, he, if he's got a fight coming up or if, if anything's come uh, come to fruition there. I know everybody's eagerly awaiting his return as well. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, He just got back into training. You know, he was just on his reality show. So he just this was his first day back in training at American Top Team today. So, you know, he's just going to get back into training camp. And, uh, you know, the, he's looking for the biggest opportunity possible. So we'll see what presents it presents itself for him and the biggest opportunity and and he'll be ready you know but he needs a full training camp he's not going to take no short notice fights coming off the reality show and and um yeah he'll be back soon we'll be we'll be back soon together awesome very good thanks again colby always appreciated man uh you have a fantastic day afternoon down there in south florida and uh we'll catch up again soon my friend all right much love jason take care appreciate everything everybody at bj pet nation yeah absolutely much love to you brother have a good one all right later later I hope you guys enjoyed our conversation with Colby. Always a pleasure having him on the show. He's a very funny guy, one hell of a promoter. And also, a little special appearance from Gamebred Jorge Masvidal. As I said in the interview, we're going to have to get him back on the show soon. 
Very much looking forward to his return. And even more so looking forward to Colby's eventual fight with Tyron Woodley. But let's keep it moving. BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. Coming up next, Platinum Mike Perry. All right, Penn Nation, our next guest is one of my all-time favorite people in the business. He's a fan favorite knockout artist with an exciting fighting style and an engaging personality to match. Please welcome back to the show, Platinum Mike Perry. Thanks, as always, for taking the time to speak with us today, Mike. First things first, man, how is the arm doing? Uh, it It's swollen, man. It's bigger than my right arm, but it's... It's fucked up. I can't lie. It's uh, I can't make any fast motions with it, or it hurts a lot. And I'm about to get an MRI tomorrow. I got an X-ray done yesterday, but you know, I I felt like that was gonna be pointless. I know when I said, "Yo, you broke my arm," I would. He really did break it because I couldn't use that bitch at all. So to me, that's a broken arm. Right. Now, you had mentioned you were going to see the doctors yesterday. It sounds like they just did an x-ray. What's the verdict? Are they saying fracture, clean break, or do you have to wait for the MRI? That's what I'm telling you. You got to wait. It's, there's nothing in the bone. They, You know, for a second, I thought maybe like a piece of my elbow. It's just cartilage or ligaments, tendons, and muscles that all ripped and shredded or tore and stretched and popped out of place. It's like when people pop their knees and their meniscus and ACL go, it's like an ACL, but your arm. Right, right. So, I mean, it could have been, did it feel like it dislocated to you at all, or? I feel like about six times. When I slammed them, it popped once, and, uh, you know, it was a white belt mistake picking up a black belt like that and slamming them soft. I, I should have fucking picked him above my head and tried to kill him or something. Right, right. Well, th- that's something I wanted to get to here in a second, but I know it's still very early to be thinking about this, but how long are you, are you looking in regards to healing up and getting back to training? I mean, at this point, is that is that still all up in the air? Yeah, because I can't do shit with this arm. I can't do right. nothing one-armed. So it's going to heal people have been armbarred before uh, and probably held on longer than I did. I was baffled, man, to be honest, because I get out of that shit all the time. I hadn't been doing rounds with really good black belts trying trying to choke me out. I was just trying to strike with people, put people on the fence. He wouldn't let me put them on the fence. And then the counter opened up. That was the takedown. I was strong and in place. I got the takedown, and then I hadn't been working the top position well enough. So I'm going to drill it. I'm going to get on my jiu-jitsu shit like top position like Matt Hughes or GSP. Let's go, man. All right, dominant. Dominance from the top. Well, like I said when we were texting yesterday, man, I have no doubt you'll be back in there better than ever. Uh, But all that considered, give us your thoughts on what went wrong in there on Saturday. Um. A lot of mental, is mindset, it was not believing that I deserved to win. Uh, you know, should have got hit a little bit. 
should have got hit so that I could, you know, he didn't throw much because when you throw, you're susceptible, you're open, there's a counter, and that's what I look for. That's what I'm amazing at. Uh, he jabbed me twice because I was hoping he would throw one more punch. A second punch would have lit him up. Right, yeah, as always, you were pressing forward, <clears throat> you were looking to land those bombs, those counters, as you're talking about. I thought your head movement looked great as well. Uh, but leading up to the fight, you had told us that you expected Cowboy to take the fight to the ground. There's been a lot of talk going around that, that when you guys train together, that's where he had the biggest advantage. Is that accurate? Well, yeah, you saw that in the fight. His jiu-jitsu black belt was... His jiu-jitsu rolling, he had been in the gi for this camp. He had been grappling, and he had been attacking people's arms. I had not been submitting people in practice. I was trying to ground and pound and hit people, but he knew how to stop me from ground and pounding him in good positions. And, uh, you know, his jiu-jitsu was just smoother. All, my kickboxing looked a lot better, right? You've seen how... Um, you know, with him just running from me, there may not have been a lot that happened, but I would enter the clinch cleanly without getting hit. How many, you know, I usually get hit a lot. Well, yeah. The, the, and, and, you know, aside from the clinch, even just, uh, from range, like I said, I feel like you, you had some great head movements on, on, a, on a few shots there. Uh, but you were able to get out from the bottom initially. Uh, then you got caught in his guard. You spiked him on the mat. Like you were talking about. So it, like you said, I believe you felt a, a pop there, but it looked as though you were defending correctly by stepping over when he went belly down. How quickly did you feel the, the, the real break from that point on? But he grabbed the thumb right there and twisted my hand like no one's ever twisted it before in that position. And I didn't think he could get it for a second. I guess I thought I was safe. And then fucking my arm popped about six more times Oof. it was like it was like it was oh backwards and then he rubbed it side to side and kept twisting it and like he said it was like tearing a chicken wing off like tearing the meat off a chicken wing that's what he was doing right so so his analogy on on the receiving end of that you you, you would say that was pretty much what happened yeah, I should have fucking picked him up higher and dropped him. No, but Cowboy's the man, bro. He did his thing. You know, I, I keep wondering about young fighters who who have always won since the beginning, since they were a young age. But I have been fighting top-tier competition. Uh, speaking of, Ponzinibbio is going to fight this weekend. And we I watched my fight with him last night, man. That was a hell of a fight. I feel I won the first two rounds, and then there was <clears throat> there was a little stalling in the third. And but it was a great fight, and I've been having great fights with top tier competition. Look at Yoel Romero, forty some years old. He's a bad motherfucker. I'm about to fight as long as him, longer. Right, man. Right, and and you've been nothing but gracious in defeat, and you can't you know you you can't be too down on yourself taking an L to Cowboy like you did. You know, you congratulated him on, him on social media. I found that post on uh, Instagram to be pretty fucking hilarious. It looks like you're taking this well, uh, which just, you know, that just lends itself to your character. But I'm wondering if you and Donald, did you guys have any exchange of words after the fight? Yeah. Uh, you know, 
I see guys lose and they're like, and guys win and they're like talking to their opponents so much. They're like being super annoying and like keep touching on you and shit like that. Like people when they win, I ain't like that. I've never liked that. So there's only like a choice few things you can say to someone who just either beat you or you beat. Right. Uh, when I knock people out and I see them and they sitting there all, oh shit, I'm like, hey bro, uh, you know, next one's the best one. I live by that. You know, I'll give them that one or shit, I'll give that to Cowboy too. You know what I mean? Next one's the best one. Fuck it, I got to get back in there. But right. uh, I told Cowboy, thank you for the opportunity. And, um, and he said, uh, I put the fire back in him. I'm, Cause that's what I do. I said that at the press conference. You got to be careful with your words. I was like, I want to get in my opponent's head and get the best out of them. I'm trying to be better. So maybe that will work out for me. But maybe I should have played a better, a better mental warfare that made him worse, not better. I always make my opponents fucking good, and then I go chase them in the ring. You know what I mean? Martial right. arts is all defensive. If a guy would chase me and think that he could knock me out, I feel more confident in defensive skills and counters, like hitting him with elbows would be easier if he was coming forward. Right, but but at the same time, that's who you are. That's how you fight, right? I mean, obviously you want to change things to make adjustments to win, but you know you, you can't really change who you are fundamentally, right? Well, I just... Sometimes in the gym, see, usually when I have more reach than people, I can play tag better than them. Right. So I'm playing in the gym, and I'm playing tag. That's why Cowboy says he likes to go in there, shake your hand like a man, and then fight you like use technique. It's like sparring to him if he can do that. And, you know, we brought our mean faces, but he already knew some type of level of Comfort, I don't know how comfortable he was, but it doesn't matter. It was like, it was pretty clean. The whole fight was up until the point where it was over. And, and you know, just hearing him say that he brought out the fire in you, I mean, that, that that's a compliment in itself, right? I mean, the guys are looking at you as an incredibly dangerous opponent, so they bring out their A game. Yeah, but... All that matters is the next one. So true. All I gotta true. do is all I gotta do is live my life in the meantime. Do the things I want to do when I'm able to do them, like more jujitsu when my arm can, and then I'll be ready to fight. Yeah, you had said that that this loss motivates you to to earn your black belt, correct? Yeah. So obviously, I mean you feel like the submission game is, is the chink in your armor. That's going to be your, that's going to be your major focus going forward. Well, it's, you need position on the ground and, um, there's something to train where, you know, John Jones told me the secret to MMA is ground and pound. And there were some times where I had positions on cowboy that I should have been able to, pop up and explode a little bit and then drop down shots on him. Yeah, I felt like when you were hanging in his guard, I wasn't sure whether, you know, that that was your that was your angle there was to start start dropping the bombs on him, but 
absolutely, man. I think I think ground and pound is an incredibly important part. But like you're saying, it's position over everything. Position before submission and position before you can start landing those bombs, right? Right. I, I, I wasn't very comfortable on top of him. I mean, I went for a key lock and then he just rolled right from under me. There's a better way to put my weight down. I needed to sit back. I got to work sitting my hips back more so it becomes more of a muscle memory. Right, right. Well, again, these are all things I have no doubt you'll be, you know, Joe Rogan said it in, in the fight companion. He said, you know, this is just the beginning for Mike Perry, and I agree with him 100%. So, uh, you know, like I said, man, I, ha- I have no doubt that the future is still bright for you, but uh, it's no secret that you guys had some bad blood leading into this fight. Uh, not so much involving you, but the Jackson Wink team and the Cowboy thing. Winkle John said after the fight that the Cowboys gym is a cancer to your team, and it would appear that things really haven't settled down between them. But from your perspective, there's no hard feelings toward Donald, right? Absolutely not. I would, uh, I would go train with him, but uh, you know, I don't know. Right. If that would matter, or whatever, you know, I'd get what get some jujitsu with him for what, you know what I mean? But I just go flow and drill with Jacare in Florida a little bit. I got Frank out here for the pads and go travel back and forth between and uh, find the balance between my jiu-jitsu training and my kickboxing training. Absolutely. Now, now looking ahead, you've got to heal up before you can focus on a return to action. But if you put, have you put any thought to when that might be or what might be next for you? At this point, you kind of got to let the let some things play out in the division, right? Yeah, I guess. Um, you know, I'll just get back to training when I can, and then the UFC will call me with someone. Right, right. Now, changing gears here for a moment, what did you think of uh, Yair's elbow knockout in the main event? It was a spooky night. I had never been armbarred before. Uh, it snowed the next day. It was, like, white everywhere like there was a lot of snow it was weird bro so you 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 feel like the i guess what what's the word the uh what like the, i the, battled the universe but right like the vibe was just all wrong from the get-go like i was going in there to lose but that's why i say nah it was open there was there was ways i could have won i should have hit his ass and fucking hit him why didn't i hit him because he didn't hit me first. I was, when I go forward, usually somebody throws a jab or something. He just locked up with me. He kept shooting takedowns. Well, like, you called it, though. You called it, though. I mean, you said it on this show. That's what you expected from him. I know. But, but then I took him down, and then he latched on to me. That's what black belts do. Right, do you almost feel like he kind of baited you on that? Maybe shoot for the takedowns and then leave a position open for you to get a quick one and then that's kind of how he baited you to get it to the ground? I was just, I was so tight and I was trying to be perfect. Like, I'm trying to be Floyd Mayweather in this. Right. Where I took my kickboxing to, like, I was trying to hit him and not get hit by him and I was trying to win in any exchange. So, because... The way that I got tapped is the way that you can get hit in the jaw and you don't even know that you got hit. It's the ones you don't see. Like when Alan Joban hit me with that straight left, 
at the beginning of the fight, first 15 seconds, I almost fucking went out. Really? I don't, wow. I don't remember you saying that to me at all. That, that That's interesting though. And that's candid for you to admit. Yeah, long time ago. You know what I mean? That's what happens is that, I mean, it's the same way when I catch somebody, they, you black out for a second and your muscle memory keeps fighting for you. It's autopilot. Right. That's what I was just going to say. Autopilot. Right. So, you know, uh, my autopilot is probably pretty good, but I'm still trying to be perfect. I was, I felt super close to landing the shot that was going to eat him alive. You feel like your autopilot goes into, into brawler mode? Well, you focus in training on keeping that brawler mode tight. Keep right. it real tight. Keep your chin tucked. Keep your shoulders up and keep your knees bent. That's tight. Right. I get what you're saying. So it's not so much that you go into brawler mode. It's just you go into uh, basics, basics mode. Uh, explosive, explosive energy. Right. All right. Well, listen. Listen, Platinum, you, you've been more than generous with your time, as always, man. Before we wrap this up, though, um, I know you made a post about something about you, you felt like the the happiest loser in the world or something like that. Can, can you tell me what that came from? Fan support, I'm guessing? No, uh, just because just I'm happy, bro. It's uh, It almost seems like when he broke my arm, he broke relief or something. Right, pressure, pressure. What if I said that that wasn't my fight? That was BMF Ranch, Cowboy Cerrone versus Jackson Wink. And deep down inside, maybe I didn't want to win it enough. Hey, man, I'm like you said in the beginning of this interview, you felt like the majority of it was mental for you, right? So that's that's such a huge percentage of the game. You can only train the body to do so much. If, if the mind isn't willing, then... And even if it was subconscious, I, I completely understand where you're coming from. You need to find a reason to win, but but that's that's no reason for me to get armbarred. That could be a decision. You know, what I, mean? I could lose a decision just having fun dancing in there in the fight. But when you get caught and then you feel a pain like that, I mean, he made me scream. I was like, ah! and then the ref called it, and then I kind of tapped. Well, that was wise of you, man. So, so a lot of guys. Man, they, they, they try to be the tough guy and then just cause so much more damage to their arms or limbs or whatever the case is. So uh, I, I think it's wiser to tap than get snapped. But at the same time, yeah, unfortunately, you, you got a little bit of both there. A little bit of both. But, hey, you know what? I appreciate uh, the people who are willing to take their time like this right now and and hopefully learn something from me because uh, losing – I feel like my mind is so open to learning right now, but it's it's weird because I can't go in the gym and do it. Right. That's got to be frustrating like you want to get back in there and 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 climb the mountain, but but your body is not is not able to do so. And you know to stay on that for a second, I just wanted to mention that I watched the fights on Saturday with with some enlisted veteran friends of mine, one of the Air Force, one of the Coast Guard. Uh, they haven't really kept up with the sport, but after showing them that interview you did before the Paul Felder fight, the somebody might die, that interview, they both were like, man, who is this kid? I like this kid. I showed him some highlights, and both of them said you're their new favorite fighter. So, like I was talking about earlier, man, 
you're one of the most engaging personalities in the sport and and the future is still very bright for you brother i appreciate it man i i look forward to uh fighting for years to come and entertaining the world so uh appreciate you bj pen radio talking to me uh man you know let's just travel the world and train with the best and be people up and win from now on so i appreciate you bro always man always uh i guess uh, to, to wrap it up what would you say to all your fans out there supporting you and any shout out sponsor plugs anything we missed the floor is yours brother oh man shout out high falls extracts shout out first round management um what else can i say man just thank you to the fans who still support me you know i feel like I feel like that's kind of cliche because, uh, you know, I feel like if I won, there would have been a lot more hate. But I lost, and everybody's like, ah, you're a normal bitch-ass motherfucker now. So you <laughs> I don't think anybody's saying that, but. Something like that. But, yo, you know what? Stay up. Stay blessed. Be easy. It's platinum. Easy. All right, brother. Thanks again for speaking with us. Looking forward to your continued growth in the sport and all the future has in store. We'll catch up again soon, man. Peace out. As we discussed there, Platinum is gracious in defeat. And of course, the future is very bright for him. I have no doubt he will be back better than ever. And I'm very much looking forward to that return. I hope he heals up well. Make sure you guys get on social media. Go show Mike Perry some love. But let's keep on rolling. Our final guest for this episode, coming up next, BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice, Isaac Valley Flag. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome to the show, former UFC athlete, longtime mixed martial arts veteran who recently transitioned over to the bare-knuckle boxing world, Albuquerque Zone, Isaac Valley Flag. Thank you very much for joining us today, Isaac. How you doing today, man? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on today. Hey, it's, it's absolutely our pleasure, my friend. So after two years of life away from competing, you decided to take a fight with WBKFF against Corey Simpson. You won the fight via KO in the second round. First things first, man, how happy were you with your performance? Uh, you know, I think I said it in the post-fight interview, too. There, there are some things to work on that's awesome. But overall, you know, it just felt good to get back in there and then... Uh, and, and knock some of the ring rust off, and then and then really do what I wanted to do in the second round. So I mean, I, I felt I felt, and it felt great, you know. So it sounds to me like, uh, based on what you're saying there, the first round for you was was really, uh, like you said, knocking off that ring rust, getting back into the swing of things, and then round two, all of your talents really came out. Yeah, you know. So the first round was uh, number one, getting used to the range and. Uh, of doing bare knuckle stuff and then going into a bare knuckle fight going uh you know feeling the difference uh of the bare knuckle versus having gloves on you know so that was kind of the first round i had to take a couple uh punches find my range and then uh second round was like really me getting excited and kind of going okay i got this and uh and doing what i what i like to do you know absolutely you know and, and that's something that i think is very important that people don't realize here there is a big difference between competing in mixed martial arts versus transitioning over to bare knuckle boxing. I mean, there's a lot of adjustments to make there. Yeah, there is. You know, the the biggest one was not was 
so much worried about me getting hit and what that was going to feel like, but like what, how I was going to target different stuff and uh, how I was going to feel on my hands. I, there was a point, uh, and I remember getting really excited about this, where I'd, I'd hit Corey in the bridge of the nose and I'd hit him in kind of at the end of the nose, and I could feel the difference between the bridge of his nose and then like the rest of his nose. And I was like, oh shit, I really like this. And uh, and then kind of like realizing how I could target with my with bare fist, you know. Right, and then there's also a lot to consider with uh, not damaging yourself too much either. You don't want to break your hands with every shot that you throw, right? Yeah, you know, and so that's why I felt like I had to be a little bit more patient uh, and really, like I said, target, right? You know, uh, I, you know, if you look at the two of us, he was throwing bombs and he was hitting me, and I, I honestly look a little bit worse than him, which is not saying much because I, I still look okay, but, you know, I was picking my shots and I was shooting for his chin and for soft areas, and uh, and so so I didn't hurt my hands, you know. Uh, I I want to come away from this fight with as little damage as possible, uh, and still, you know, still do damage. So I, you know, take a, like I said, I needed to find those the soft areas, kind of, you know, or the chin. Right, right. Now, after retiring from MMA, what, what prompted you to take this fight? Was it just the right opportunity, or did you still have the fire to compete? Uh, the right opportunity, you know, some. Uh, a couple of years ago, some things were not going well for me in my life, and, and that was kind of what prompted my my retirement. Uh, you know, I was struggling with some things, and then uh, after after doing some stuff, after feeling a little bit better, uh, I really wanted to see if uh, if I just wasn't feeling the sport, or if it was just stuff with, that I that I needed to to kind of clear my head up. You know, my father just died. Uh, there was some some. Uh, addiction issue stuff that I had to deal with, you know, and, and so this was kind of like seeing where I was at with all that, uh, and if I could still compete or whether I was really burned out on, on combat sports, you know. So overall, would you say that this experience was, uh, was a success for you or? Yeah, I felt, I really did fall back in love with combat sports because of this, you know, uh, you know, it's kind of, it's what I wanted to do. I got to just stand the whole time, uh, and it felt good. It felt good to be present in the ring, uh, you know, in a way that I haven't been present in a long time. Uh, and it felt good to perform and do what I wanted to do, you know. Uh, I, I, I think I got my fire again. I, I mean, shoot, I got home and uh, I went for a jog and I've been back in the gym a little bit. Not Nothing heavy, but I've already been back in the gym and that was something I wasn't doing a couple of years ago, you know. Right, after a fight there was some time off and that, that hunger really wasn't there for you? Yeah, there was a lot more hunger for pancakes and candy than there was for mixed martial arts. There wasn't that this time, you know? <laughs> well, you hear a lot of fighters talk about that, man, that, you know, MMA is so grueling and, and uh, you know, the training is so grueling, the schedule, all of that, that, that it really takes it out of you and you lose that love to compete. But it sounds to me like the time away, getting back into this, your love for competition really has come back for you. Yeah, it really it has. I, and... I don't think I ever lost the, I've always been pretty competitive, but again, you know, there's some things that I just was, that I was doing to myself that really make it hard to compete, uh, and some stuff in my life that I just really, you know, I, I really was struggling with and, and I think that it, it came out full force a couple of years ago and it showed, you know? And so again, it was just, I mean, it was, Mixed martial arts, combat sports has always been like kind of, 
a place where I feel centered and good, you know, like I, I love being present in, in the cage and just hearing a corner and then, you know, kind of worrying about all, just nothing but the fight, right? And I lost that for a while. So getting that back has just been a beautiful thing for me. It really has been. Now, how about the experience with the organization? You know, there's been a lot of talk that the other big uh, BKB promotion is going out of business. Do you think that there's a bright future for this sport? Uh, I do. You know, I mean, I think that there it shows in the reaction that the MMA media had for it. You know, Joe Rogan's talking about it, Brendan Schaub. Uh, you know, I uh, just the MMA social media kind of was a buzz with it the other night. Uh, which says a lot considering it was the night before, like uh, arguably one of the more fun uh, and best cards, you know, at least main and co-main for the UFC in a while that, that people were talking about the bare knuckle boxing. And I think that says a lot about what, uh, where the sport could go, what people want to see and, uh, and the future of the sport, you know? Yeah. I think that also has a lot to do with the talent that was involved in this bare knuckle event. You know, we've seen a lot of guys take these bare knuckle fights uh, this card alone had several household names for mixed martial arts on it. Uh, is this something that you could see yourself doing again, or was this a one-and-done deal for you? Uh, I'm waiting to talk contract stuff, do a multi-fight deal. I, I want to, I mean, I like this. I love, I, I really do dig it. Uh, I'd like to be involved in it. You know, it's something that when I got home, uh, we've already now got on the docket here for the New Mexico Athletic Commission to try to get, to get, to get sanctioned in New Mexico. Uh, it's something that I want to be a part of for as long as I can. Either, I mean, both on the fighting side and the uh, kind of the the, in, the back of the house side of stuff. You know. Right, right, right. That was something I wanted to get to here in a little bit. But uh, what did you think of the Phil Baroni Lieben fight and the uh, Dakota and Johnny outcome? Uh, you know, Dakota and Co uh, Dakota and Johnny was was something like, uh, you know, a lot of people were. I think slept on on Dakota. You know, there's a lot of people saying that that uh, Johnny. I mean, there was, so there's a couple things, and I, people were kind of going, "Who is John, or Dakota?" And I think he proved that. And then they're saying that you know Johnny's washed up afterwards. And I I don't think that's the truth either. One of those, DeConnor, uh, DeConnor, Dakota's always been a, a very dangerous guy. If you ever if you're a fan of the sport and you know who Dakota is, like. Right. I mean, he's a scary dude, you know. I mean, he he throws heat every time that he fights, and and he's a big, hard hitting dude, and I, you know. So, I think that you saw you saw two guys who went out there. I mean, who went out there and threw their fists with no gloves on, and and one of them got caught. But like, they both threw heat. Uh, I think it was. I think that they were trying to find. You know, both of them being wrestlers, you're seeing some stuff that looked like maybe shots or whatever too. And I think people are just getting used to the just doing the bare knuckle part of this you know yeah absolutely that, that that's something that's always uh been in my mind with this when you see so many mma mma athletes getting into this you know i've always wondered will somebody go into autopilot mode will there be a takedown accidentally that kind of thing but uh phil had told me uh, i had interviewed him a couple months ago when, when his fight with lieben first got announced he, he had told me that he felt that bare knuckle is tailor-made for a lot of former mma fighters like himself would you agree with that uh yeah, you know, I think depending on the, the athlete, you know, uh, you know, it's a daunting thing to to not have more than than two options when you go into a fight, you know. And I think that you saw that with some guys who, who did kind of shoot takedowns or or whatever. Uh, but for some guys, it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be the perfect thing, you know. There's not as much stuff to train. 
they can just concentrate on on their boxing and like I mean guys like me like I I love to throw my fists I mean like that's it, I mean really that's what I love to do and there's a lot of guys like that and I think you're going to see them transition into the sport and do well at it you know Absolutely I mean there's a there's a dozen guys right off the top of my head right now that I could name that I think would be great for a bare knuckle uh, but what did your training camp look like, and, and where did you train for that matter? Uh, I trained at my gym. It's called Tier 1. Uh, I worked with some local boxers, and I worked with some guys that I knew had good uh, good MMA boxing as well as some just strictly boxing stuff um, because I, I kind of felt like it wasn't going to be a boxing match and it wasn't going to just be a MMA striking match, so I kind of did like a... I actually talked to Cub Swanson a little bit. He's he's always my guy who I who I bounce stuff off of because he's so knowledgeable. Uh, and I, so I talked to him and I said, "Hey, what do you what do you think the best training regimen for this is going to be?" And and we we kind of came up with like a plan. And then I talked to my coaches about it and, and they agreed and, and we went from there. You know. Right, right. I, you, that that's a great point you make there. Uh, not quite boxing, not quite MMA either. There's a lot of variables to take into consideration there. So. I think that was very wise of you to consider that going in. Uh, but d- did your longtime friend Leonard Garcia, did him taking a bare knuckle match have anything to do with your decision to come back? No, Leonard had actually kind of uh, got into it. I think a little bit after I did, maybe he announced that he was going to do a bare knuckle thing. Uh, I've been talking to the organization for a few months now, uh, and you know when I saw Leonard coming back to do bare knuckle, I was I was excited just because. I mean, again, Leonard's one of those guys that, like, bare knuckles tailor-made for him, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, and uh, and I think, again, there's, you know, you're going to see a lot of excitement from guys like Leonard, uh, myself, guys who are known to just want to stand and bang uh, about this sport. So, uh, you know, I think Leonard just was excited about it. I got excited. I actually got the call from Joe Stevenson a few months ago, and, and like, I jumped on the opportunity to do this stuff. Uh, he was the one who actually... Uh, kind of brought it up to me and, and com- not convinced me. It didn't take much convincing. It was more convincing right. my wife that, uh, that this was going to be a good thing, you know? <laughs> uh, and uh, and so when Joe gave me that opportunity, you know, I jumped on it. And I think, you know, again, you're going to see a lot of guys who might have got burnt out on some of the, the aspects of MMA transitioning to this. Yeah, no, like we said earlier, man, I think it is tailor-made for especially a guy like Leonard Garcia. Uh, but you've been teaching and coaching since retirement from MMA, correct? Uh, yeah, I've been teaching and coaching. Uh, I, I have a gym out here, and, uh, and you know, after having problems with my back, all I've been doing is a lot. I actually have problems with my back, then I tore my psoas, which I don't know if you know what that is, but it's a really big muscle that runs through the middle of your body, kind of. And, uh, and so my kicks were limited, uh, and, uh, and I couldn't do much, but I could still twist my trunk a little bit. So I worked on a lot of boxing and a lot of footwork and that was kind of, so, so I've been kind of, as I teach, kind of doing this, kind of training myself, I guess the whole time for, for something like this unknowingly, you know? Right. Well, well, that, that was the, the point of my question here is, you know, that being that you've been coaching and. And teaching all this time, it must have made it a lot easier to get back into fight shape. Yeah, it did. Uh, you know, it was. Uh, it made it a lot easier. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, there was some timing stuff that I had to get back down. But, 
you know, since I've been teaching and coaching, I mean, I've been working for, you know, with the exception of, of uh, a few months, just working on getting better at this stuff myself and like making sure I can express uh, some technique to, to new students. So, you know, all it's been doing is, is teaching me how to, to kind of get better at this and, and preparing me for this. Right. Right. Absolutely. Now I wanted to change gears here for a moment. How are you doing on time? I'm thinking a few more minutes. Is that cool with you? Oh yeah, please. I, I got lots more time. All right. Very good. I, I wanted to change gears here for a moment and get your opinion on something. I know that you're close with Leonard and Cowboy. Uh, that being said, what did you make of all the drama between Jackson Wink and Cowboy? Uh, it's just that it's drama, you know, um, I haven't been in the gym for a while. Uh, I love Cowboy. I mean, you know, Cowboy and Leonard will always be friends. Uh, and it's just my big thing is it's a, I don't know Mike Perry at all, you know. Uh, I don't know much about the situation, but it's just a bummer that we're seeing kind of uh, the breakdown of, you know, we're seeing some two really vocal guys talking about what they – about a situation that I think should have been dealt with and could have been dealt with in the gym, and I wish it would have been, you know? Right, it could have been dealt with behind closed doors, yeah. You know, because other than that, like, you know, again, I, I have a lot of love for everybody involved in this, and it's just a bummer to see it happen, you know? What was your reaction to Winkle John calling Cowboys, can- uh, Cowboys Gym a cancer after the fight on Saturday? Uh, I got... I have nothing to say about that. Okay, uh, fair enough. You, well, you know, I mean, I like both those guys, and so, you know, I'll let them sort that out. Right, right. All the stuff that the that, that Cowboys talked about, and even Leonard for that matter, regarding uh, Jackson Wink, the decline of the gym, is that on your way out, when you were leaving the gym, was that something you could attest to at all? Or for you, is it still just the same gym it's always been? You know, look, there's going to be change in everything, right? I mean, like... The, the one constant has changed, right? That's the whole thing. And, uh, and so you can't expect, you can't expect everything to stay the same. You know, I'm going to kind of relate it back to star Wars. You know, when they started re-releasing star Wars again, everybody expected the same badass star Wars that you, that you got in the seventies and eighties. Right. And then we got Jar Jar Binks. So (laughs) I think, I think, you know, a lot of stuff can be related back to star Wars always. You know, uh, you know, uh, and I, I think that you're seeing that you're just seeing change, you know, uh, for some people that change is good for others. It's not the change that they want to see, you know, and are either one of them wrong? No, I, I don't think so. You know, uh, I think you're going to see, you're going to see continued change. Uh, and when I left me leaving was more about me burning some bridges at the gym than it was about like anything else. It wasn't, it wasn't, had nothing to do with the gym. Uh, it had again to do with some personal stuff that I was dealing with and then like not handling it well. Right. Right. Well, we can, we can leave it at that again. I I just know that you're close with everybody, part of that team. So I wanted to get your take on it. Uh, but speaking of change, uh, you're an old school guy. You fought all over the place against some of the best, Give us your thoughts on the current state of mixed martial arts. A lot of changes have happened uh, since you've left the sport. Uh, are you happy with the direction that MMA is going right now? Uh, you know, in some ways, yes. In some ways, no. Like Conor McGregor, one of the best things to happen in the sport. You know, uh, everybody talks about 
Connor as being this negative thing because of his shit talk, but it's it's also one of the best things that happened in the sport. And look at the look at what it's done for fighter pay for some people, you know. Uh, so there's some good things that are coming of that. Uh, it's frustrating to see as many cards as there are. You know, I I, used, I like how cards used to be, especially the UFC, they used to be events, you know. Uh, you knew the Chuck Liddells, you knew Tito Ortiz. You knew every few months you were going to get an awesome card. And, and now the saturation is such in the market that you don't know any of the fighters, per se. And that's that's one of the things that I'm not a fan of in the sport. But, they, you know, I mean, that's just my humble opinion as a fan, I guess, you know. Oh, no, I, I would agree with you 100%, man, like you were saying uh, way back when, and I guess in the heyday, you, you, you could say every card, you knew everyone from the top to bottom, the prelims, every fighter, you knew who they were, you have you had a vested interest in each and every fight, but I, I agree with you, man, the saturation now that there's just so many events that it's impossible to keep track of now. Yeah, you know, and I, I mean, if I catch... I, I couldn't tell you who some of the new guys were on the cards. Uh, most of the time when I watch fights now, it's to watch like a, a, somebody who I know, like a Yair or, or a Cowboy or Cub, uh, fight. And, and beyond that, like I, I haven't developed any like fan relationships with any of these fighters because they're not, they're pushing the brand more than they're pushing the fighter. Right. Uh, and I think that that's, you know, I don't know if it's going to ever be their undoing, but it's something that I think is, is hard for fans to appreciate, you know? I agree with you, man. And I think I think back when I first really started to love this sport, the fighters, the athletes, they, they were so much more... Um, what's, the, what's the word I'm looking for here? It, it, there was, it was a lot easier to exchange with them and, and get to know them. And uh, you had a lot more access, I guess, if you will, to a lot of these athletes. And, and now it seems like, like you said... It's the brand before the athlete now, so I would agree with you there. But aside from what we're talking about, oversaturation and, and maybe pushing the brand too much over the fighter, uh, what else would you like to see change for the better of mixed martial arts? Uh, you know, I'm happy to see more technique come into stuff. Uh, I mean, I still like a brawl just as good as everybody, but like you know, like the other night was a perfect example of an extremely technical brawl between two like amazing athletes with you know with the korean zombie and with the air so uh, i love where the sport's going in that direction uh you know you're getting more technical guys you're getting guys who have been doing uh who have truly been studying mixed martial arts as an art for, for their entire life and i think you're starting to see that in like these i mean like yair is a super athlete and a super martial artist and you're starting to see guys like that like really shine and i dig that about the sport you know Absolutely. Guys that have been training all facets for an extended period of time. Uh, and, and it absolutely shows in the quality of martial artists that we see today. Speaking of that fight, what do you think, man? Was that the knockout of the year? Man, that, that was the knockout of the last 10 years. I mean, really, like, <laughs> right. who, who, throws a, who throws like a reverse back elbow up to a guy who's running into him and lands it? Like, that was like some freaky shit. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I definitely think knockout of the year. I know I know a lot of people are saying knockout of the century. It's going to be hard to argue that, man. Yeah, I mean, it really is. You know, I mean, like, you know, and especially with the timing of it, like two guys, you know, last 10 seconds, here we go, we're going to throw down, and then at the last second you get caught with that. I mean, like, Jesus. I mean, like, could you ask for a better end to that card? And, you know, especially with all the, the hype built up with it with the Cowboy uh, Perry thing and all that, and then that's the way the card ends. Like that's spectacular to say nothing short of it, you know. On top of that, 25th year anniversary for the UFC. 
And then also, if you consider that Yair, from what I saw, I believe uh, every judge had him down on the scorecards. He needed that finish. Yeah, you know, uh, so, you know, a, I guess, come from behind victory like that at the last second with that kind of, a, with, with what it was, is just, you know, again, spectacular. Right, nothing short of it. Nothing short of spectacular. All right, man, listen, you've been more than generous with your time. Just a couple more questions here for you. Getting back to what's next for you, uh, are you expecting to be a part of this next uh, WBKFF event? I would like to be, yeah. You know, uh, I've had a couple other offers to do some MMA stuff, too. Uh, and again, to see where, wherever, I would really like to do some more bare-knuckle boxing. I'd really like the, the WBKFF to be successful. Um, that being said, you know, I'd also, I'm also trying to take care of myself and my family. So if I get, if I get a great offer, then, then I'm going to have to take a look at that as well, you know, but, uh, I would like to stick with bare knuckle because I mean, again, like my, my friend Bean Nguyen says, I mean, she looks at my hands, my hands are not pretty hands, you know, and she said they're built for bare knuckle and I, I believe they are, you know. I got a thick head and hard hands, and uh, and so I I wanted to stick with doing this and, and doing what I like a lot, you know? So obviously the ideal situation would be you continue with bare knuckle, but it sounds like there are off- there are offers on the table for you to make a return to MMA. Yeah, there are. Uh, I have another offer currently from a friend that, uh, that sounds kind of enticing, you know, but again, then I'm going to have to wrestle, and wrestling... You know, wrestling's great. I just hate it. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, if I don't have to worry about a takedown and I can just stand and, and me and another guy can just hit each other a bunch, I'm, I'm into that, you know? Right, right. Now, like you mentioned earlier, I saw that you really want to bring the WBKFF promotion to Albuquerque. It sounds like that is very likely at this point. Yeah, you know, I mean, so you got to – this town is a boxing and fighting town. I mean – Everybody talks about the MMA stuff, but you got to remember we have John, we have a Johnny Tapia legacy here. We have Danny Romero as a legacy here. We have guys who fought, you know, Muhammad Ali here. Like this, this place is a fighting town. And on top of that, you got Holly Holm, one of the best female boxers ever, and then uh, who transitions into MMA and kills it. You, you know, you have the Jacksons camp. We are a fighting town. We support our fighters. You know. Uh, it's the kind of town too with Hollywood coming here a lot. You know, there's there's going to be constantly celebrities in the crowd. This is a place that that would suit a uh, suit of card like a big bare knuckle boxing card really well. You know. Yeah, I would agree with you 100, percent man. I think it would be a great place to put on an event. I don't know if they have anything announced for the next event, but regardless, whether it be bare knuckle boxing or MMA, I'm certainly looking forward to your next outing. And it's it's very nice to see a guy like yourself back in competition, hungry again for the sport that he loves uh, of combat sports, regardless of the of the rule set. Uh, in conclusion, man, for all the fans out there, for all your supporters, what can they expect from you going forward? Uh, and where can everybody find you on social media? Uh, you can find me at IKEVF on Twitter. And so IKEVF, like my name, you know, and uh, on Twitter and uh, Instagram, and then just my name on uh, Facebook. Uh, and look forward to, you know, like, like I said, I feel present. I feel, I feel like I'm in a good place right now. And, uh, and I want to let that show in the next few years, you know, I'm, I'm older, but I still have a lot of fire in me. And, uh, and I want to let fans see that in the next few years. All right, man. And anything you think we missed, any shout outs, any sponsor plugs, maybe plug the gym, 
Uh, the floor is yours, my friend. Yeah, I mean, come to Tier 1, check out some classes if you're in Albuquerque. Uh, other than that, you know, just uh, I've had a host of friends around me who have been really helpful, and I, I, I really appreciate and love them. You know, the Cub, obviously, Clay, Joe Stevenson, I got some buddies here in Albuquerque who have been extraordinarily helpful uh, in, in this journey back to the sport, and it's just been, without them, I wouldn't be doing this. And, and uh, so, you know, I'm excited to have the love of some people in my oh my wife i should mention her she's she's pretty awesome she, <laughs> she put up with a lot of shit for me so uh so if i was to not mention my wife i might be getting some dirty looks at the house but, you know uh just happy to have the love of some people and be back in this you know yeah absolutely man happy wife happy life listen thanks again for the time today isaac it's a pleasure speaking with you man i look forward to the next time congrats on the big win over the weekend and i sincerely look forward to all the future has in store for you coming back to whether it be MMA or bare-knuckle boxing. I hope we can catch up again soon. You have a great day, my friend. You too, man. Thank you very much, and thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Our pleasure. Anytime, brother. Just hit us up. Have a good day. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Later. As I said in the beginning of the show, MMA veteran, UFC veteran, been around the game a long time, seen it all. It was a pleasure to speak with him for the first time. And I certainly hope that he gets another fight in bare-knuckle boxing or even makes that return to MMA like he was talking about. However, that's it for us, folks. BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. Thank you very much for tuning in. On behalf of the whole team, make sure you guys check us out. BJPenn.com forward slash MMA news. Follow us on social media. Set up alerts. Stay up to date on the sport that you love of mixed martial arts. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Until then, my friends, peace out, everybody. Mahalo for tuning in. We'll catch you on the flip side.